Hello, this is Sean Dixon, and I'm here with Brian Patterson and John Gonzalez. We are each returned mission presidents for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and this is the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast. We are here to help prepare you to become successful Preach My Gospel missionaries and lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. In each episode, we explore powerful concepts from every chapter in Preach My Gospel. We will talk to return missionaries and others about their experiences and insights. You can even use this podcast to get institute credit. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We hope you're all doing well uh, and that regardless of your circumstances, that you're feeling connected to Christ and, and growing and learning as disciples. For today's episode, what we're excited to offer is the testimonies and experiences of several returned mission leaders. And so we're, we're putting in phone calls to, to several of them and having them give their kind of gold nuggets of advice to those preparing to serve. So we're just going to sit back and let this episode roll and listen to these mission leaders give you their best advice as you prepare to serve. Well, my name is Leif Erickson. I served with my wife in the Zambia Lusaka mission beginning in 2013 through 2016. Shortly after our return, we were also called to serve as the directors of the Los Angeles Temple Visitor Center. On completion of that assignment as well, we had the opportunity or I've had the opportunity for, for, to work for four plus years in the missionary department as director of the area mission specialists, a team that supports mission presidents and area presidencies. As I think about mission preparation and advice to missionaries, I can't help but reflect on the honor for young missionaries to be granted the privilege of participating in the gathering, in the great commission that the Savior gave to his disciples to gather Israel. And really, as you're called to serve as a missionary, you're called to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. You begin as a follower and learn the principles of followership and what it means to follow Christ. But we go beyond that. And so even if our words don't state it, our attitude suggests we represent the Lord Jesus Christ and he sent us to you. And you'll use those terms from time to time. But as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we also have to be a disciple of who he is and of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the doctrine of Christ. So in some respects, we are disciples of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're disciples of repentance. We're disciples of baptism and the covenants of baptism and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Do we feel that we are true disciples of those principles, of those, those blessings, those covenants? And when we do, we're given the opportunity to change lives. When we understand faith and have a devotion to it and a commitment to it and familiarity with faith in Jesus Christ, our missionary purpose comes alive and we can, we can accomplish great things. These are central principles to accomplishing Father in Heaven's plan. And, and so the purpose of missionary work, the missionary purpose itself, is born in our discipleship of Jesus Christ and, this, and, and being disciples of the elements of the doctrine of Christ. So I would wish every, every young missionary and every senior missionary the attitude and confidence to represent 
Jesus Christ. I represent the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's sent me to you as his disciple and a disciple of what it means to have faith in Christ and to repent, to be baptized in his name and receive the blessing of covenants and to receive and enjoy the blessing of the Holy Ghost. My name is Janine Red. My husband and I served in Aguas Calientes, Mexico from uh, July 2019 to 2022. Um, we've served with about 400 missionaries and had the opportunity to serve through the pandemic. So we've had a lot of different experiences with that. As I was thinking about going uh, on a mission and what I could say, I thought before we went on the mission, I thought that going on a mission was leaving home for a couple of years, living with companions and preaching the gospel. But missions are way more than that. I learned that going on a mission literally means that you leave home and leave your old life behind. You give up living with your family, you live with your friends, your social life, and your worldly possessions to serve the Lord. When you get into the mission field, you are literally giving all your time, talents, and ability to serve the Lord. To prepare for missionary service, a future missionary should practice being a missionary. Future missionaries should practice every day not being on their phones and not being on social media. Future missionaries should read and study and preach my gospel so they know what is expected of them. They should practice doing something hard every day. And most importantly, they need to read and study the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. As they do, their testimonies will grow. Their investigators will be able to fill their love for the Savior and will want to know more. The Lord will bless them for their efforts. My name is Jeffrey Red. I served as the mission president of the Mexico Aguas Calientes mission, along with my wife, Janine. Uh, to share some advice for pre-missionaries, let me tell you a brief story. Uh, some time ago, I heard Elder M. Russell Ballard tell of his missionary experience, and we know that he was one of the best missionaries of our entire day. He told the story that he didn't start out as one of the greatest missionaries, but what he learned on the very first day of his mission served him well from then until today. He was not from an active family. He didn't have his parents' support to serve, but he developed a uh, desire to serve through some friends at seminary. He submitted his application to serve and was called to serve in London, England. And the way I heard him tell it, I think he was more in love with the idea of being a missionary than actually being a missionary. The first day he was in London, his mission president took him and some other missionaries to Hyde Park Speaker's Corner, a famous place in London where people would stand on a soapbox and say whatever they could say in the free speech area. Missionaries traditionally would go there near the start of their mission, and he went to watch. He watched others stand on the soapbox and preach the gospel, but he didn't think that he would be called on to testify because he was, after all, brand new in the mission. But then his mission president called him to stand up on the box. He preached for 40 seconds. And then he stepped down, embarrassed that he didn't have something more to say. He was humiliated that he didn't have more to say. And he resolved that day to learn all he could about the gospel so he would have something to say. And that he would have the spirit guide him to know what to say. He applied himself to diligent study to learn the gospel. Well, what does that have to do with my advice for you of how to prepare? My advice is 
have something to say. If people hear your voice only once as a representative of Jesus Christ, think in advance, what would you say? And this advice goes for all missionaries. When you don't know what to say, talk about Jesus. In my experience, the very best missionaries are those who have had an experience with the atonement of Jesus Christ and can speak of his love for them. So my additional advice would be to take President Nelson's oft-repeated counsel, repent daily. Start repenting daily now. You will feel the power of the atonement and the love of Jesus Christ, and then you'll have something to say that will be of meaning. Take the scriptural advice to treasure up the words of life daily by study and prayer, and then when it's time to teach, those words that you've treasured up will come spilling out of your heart. Uh, my name is Julie Patterson. I served with my husband, Brian, in the California Long Beach Mission as mission leaders from 2016 to 2019. Brian is a co-host with John and Sean on the Mission Prep Podcast. And I just want to share one bit of advice that helped me as I served as a missionary in California. And that piece of advice that I'd love to share is for missionaries as they're preparing to gain a testimony and love of the Book of Mormon. We're taught in Preach My Gospel that the Spirit combined with the Book of Mormon is the most powerful tool of conversion. And it's so powerful because it is another testament of Jesus Christ. Our faith in Him increases as we study His doctrine and His tender mercies among the children of men as recorded by ancient prophets in the Book of Mormon. I love that Joseph Smith taught that man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. And I think that's exactly the promise that missionaries need as they teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to someone. And it's exactly what the person they're teaching needs. They need to know that by reading, they can come nearer to God and that they can get a witness from him that what they're being taught is true. I love that as we come to know our Savior through reading the Book of Mormon, that our hearts change, our desires change. We, as we strive to become like Him, our, our whole disposition changes. If we're going to persuade others to take the time out of their day as they're being taught, when they're unfamiliar perhaps with reading the scriptures, we have to have a strong testimony of what the Book of Mormon does for us. I know that the Book of Mormon softens my heart. Living in a world where we're surrounded by wickedness and sin, my heart has to be softened every day. And I find that that happens as I read. I find that I'm kinder and I'm gentler and I'm more forgiving. And I know that those are blessings that come as I read his doctrine in the Book of Mormon. So recognize the doctrine that Jesus Christ teaches and then have it become part of you. Have it be such that people that hear your testimony will know of your love of this great book and that they'll want to read it. So that's my one piece of advice. Have a testimony and a love of the Book of Mormon. And as you do so, you will become a missionary that can persuade others to grow closer to the Savior by reading his word in the Book of Mormon. My name is David Christensen, and I served my mission as a young man in Mexico. And then 29 years later, I was called to preside over the uh, Chile Santiago North mission. And then five years later, presided over the MTC in Guatemala after uh, preaching my gospel came to focus. And 
And when not presiding over a mission or the MTC, I also had the wonderful experience of teaching missionary preparation, uh, the Religion 130 course at Ricks and at BYU-Idaho for, for 18 years. I presided over the uh, Chile-Santiago North Mission back before Preach My Gospel. But during COVID, we had a, had a really interesting and wonderful time. It was a time in, where we had time and the ability to connect via Zoom with with nearly 300 of our 563 missionaries. And we had small groups of five to six missionaries and their spouses uh, and their families. And uh, they, they introduced their children and then the children usually peeled off to their own activities. But then it gave us a chance to talk to, to these missionaries and their spouses for a little while. And we asked these missionaries now in their 40s, thinking of their missions 20 plus years before, Besides their testimony of the Savior and the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, what, what stood out in their mission as something that had really blessed them in their family and in their work and their life in general? So after many of those little Zoom meetings, you could start to see a pattern of a half a dozen comments common to the majority. So although most of the, of the young future missionaries listening to this podcast were not even born when, when we were serving in, in Chile or were just getting baptized when we were presiding over the MPC. The answers that these missionaries and their spouses gave, gave really provided something I think uh, your listeners should really pay attention to. Uh, these, these comments have had some real value in life, come from experience, and they've passed the test of time. The, the two most common answers or the thread that had some, some commonality or some repeat in it was, I, I need to give a little context on this one first. I'm, I'm a guy who likes uh, symbols. Uh, with a symbol, a lot can be said and remembered without saying anything, if you know what I mean. So, so uh, in our mission, the, the open hand five was used in some zone conferences and so forth that were, where I taught some concepts and so forth. But the open hand five became an unspoken symbol of the five covenants made in the temple. Many times throughout those two years, the two years of a missionary's life uh, with us, we would use this symbol, this, the open hand five, to remind us of how to live, how to live our, our mission, to live their lives, and sometimes in the in the nine thousand plus interviews that I conducted over those three years, uh, I would answer missionaries just simply with an open hand. Uh, that would that would send the message of of the answer to some of the things that they may may be struggling with or wondered about. So when the missionaries went home, uh, we also gave them a, a white tie, and then we gave the sisters a white cloth temple envelope for their for their uh, ceremonial clothing with a professionally uh, created little white tag with an open hand symbol on it. So that's the context. And so when, when we ask the question, what do you remember that you learned in your mission that made a difference in how you served and subse subsequently then blessed your life over the last 22 years? It was always uh, interesting. They would say things like, uh, President, I can always remember, remember you in Zone Conference or in many of our interviews with your raised hand, with the fingers spread, showing the, the five, and we knew what that was, and, and that has stayed with us forever. 
Some of them would say even after 20 years, they still have the white tie. I'm sure it's not, not quite as white as it used to be or whatever. But the bottom line is, is that the, the five covenants of the temple. And so I would say to, to future missionaries who are preparing for their mission and going on their mission, that they just make sure your mission is Christ-centered and temple-focused with the five covenants made in the endowment as your most important guide. Obedience. What does that look like in the life of a missionary or in a preparing missionary for that matter? What does it look like in the in the return missionary's life, etc.? What is sacrifice? What what does that look like? What's the what does the law of the gospel look like in the life of a preparing missionary or return missionary, etc.? The law of chastity, what does that look like? And the law of consecration, of course. And if you could live your, your mission and your life according to and guided by those five covenants and other patterns that are taught in the temple, you're going to have a great, great mission and a great life. Uh, incidentally, sometimes those missionaries would say, you know, in many ways, my mission has been a foreshadow of my whole life. And so how I, how I was on the mission just seems, seems to have carried on with it. So. That would be one. And then the other is the Book of Mormon. The, the power of the book to not only gather Israel, but also to change us as missionaries or future missionaries or members. The Book of Mormon is the greatest handbook for living ever. And a, a little context here again, uh, as, as a new mission leader, I mean, a mission leader serves for three years. And about six months after arriving uh, in the mission, in Chile, just had this very, very strong impression and feeling that we needed to make the Book of Mormon the centerpiece for our teaching and our studying. You know, it's, it's the tool the Lord's provided for the gathering. It's just the greatest handbook for living that was ever, ever written. So I felt we needed to make the Book of Mormon uh, a centerpiece for our study, teaching, and sharing. So in his own conference, about the sixth or seventh month of our of our three years, I invited the missionaries to join in a commitment. And I said something like, elders and sisters, I, I know that we believe the Bible to be the Word of God. I know that there are times when we need to, need to and we should use it in our teaching. But for the next several months, I'm asking you to focus your daily study, 99% in the Book of Mormon, and 99% of your teaching those of not of our faith or, or, or friends, teach them from and about the Book of Mormon. And in your visits with members, champion the Book of Mormon and teach from the Book of Mormon when you're in the members' homes. And when you're invited to share in sacrament meetings, uh, which you will often will be asked to, to, to get up and, and, and share your testimony or share a message with members on sacrament meeting or otherwise, teach and testify of the Book of Mormon. And it's, it's witness of the Savior, Jesus Christ. We also had, I, I assume other missions have the same thing, but we had a, what we called a, a rescue program or whatever for, for those who, many baptized members in Chile who had gone cold in their faith and were no, no longer practicing or attending, uh, attending meetings in the, uh, the church. So I invited the missionaries and all those encounters uh, searching uh, to rescue or to bring less active members back, to always teach and testify from the Book of Mormon. So, so it went. That's the that's the context. At the time, Santiago Chile had four missions: the North, the South, the East, and the West Mission. 
and all had their mission offices in the church office building adjacent to the to the uh, Santiago Temple. And for security purposes, everyone had to pass by a security desk. So that in any given day, then many, many missionaries from all four of the missions would come to their respective mission offices for a variety of reasons. Maybe it was passport or visa issues or uh, interview with their president or, or whatever the case may be. One day, the head of security, who spent most of his day uh, at the security counter, said to me, President Christensen, uh, can I make an observation? And he said, your missionaries are just different. I, 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 I can always tell which ones are your missionaries. And then he added, and by the way, that's very positive. I thanked him. I reminded him that all wear white shirts and ties and the sisters always look great, mission plaque on, mission tag. And so uh, they, they all look the same, I would think, but asked him to explain. And he, he responded with, they're just very, very different. They, they look different. They act different. They feel different. They feel like missionaries and the companionship seem to be a lot, pretty united and and I, I was just flattered. I, was, I really, really appreciated his, his comment. Also, I started hearing similar things from the 14 state presidents and, and their bishops that, that I worked with in the mission. The, they would say things like, your missionaries are, are stepping it up. They're just different. The people, would, the people that are bringing to church and baptizing are stronger, and they're more ready to, to be baptized. And then one day in that church office building, a member of the area presidency who we were crossing paths and he observed one day, he says, uh, we note that your retention of new converts is significantly higher than the other three missions here in, in Santiago and that the rate of your reactivation the stakes in your mission is almost double what, what the other three are. What are you doing? And we had some discussion about that, but I don't know what the answer to the, to the question really is. I, I don't know for sure. But I, but I have no real evidence. I don't have any, any uh, research or way of knowing. But it's been my impression that the Book of Mormon had something to do with that. Therefore, my second piece of advice to missionaries going into their fields of labor or preparing to go is to immerse yourself in the Book of Mormon, teach with it, love it, testify of it, and allow that tool to change your lives as uh, future missionaries but also the, the lives of those that you teach, and that those that you interact with, and your companionships and everything else. There, there are many more things that I can share, but, but these would be the two most important, I think. Let those five temple covenants given to us by Christ himself guide your mission in your life. And the second is, is to make the Book of Mormon the centerpiece of your message as you testify of Jesus Christ and the restoration of his gospel in this dispensation. That would be my advice. My name's Allison Hymas, and my husband and I served as mission leaders in the California Sacramento Mission from 2017 to 2020. We loved our missionaries, and we loved serving, and learned a lot about what we thought was probably the most important thing for missionaries to come out prepared with, to be able to get through the rigors of missionary life. And I think the most important thing that young people can do to prepare for missionary service is to have a personal experience with the Savior and with His atonement.
we hear a lot about the mental and emotional health of missionaries and the emotional challenges are real because missions are hard. They're wonderful, but they are hard. And I'm not talking about clinical emotional issues that require professional help, but just the emotional issues that come from being away from home, from being put with a companion who may be 100% different than you, from being asked to do things that are completely out of your comfort zone. I had one missionary tell me one time, Sister Hymas, what you are asking us to do is completely socially unacceptable. Going up talking to a stranger is really not socially acceptable. And I said, well, it really isn't, but we're so blessed that we get to do it. But if a young person hasn't had a personal experience with a savior, if they haven't had a time when they felt his enabling power in their lives, if they haven't felt the peace that comes after repentance, it's going to be a lot harder to do those things. And so having already accessed his atonement and knowing the savior is the one who will help them through any challenges, gives them confidence and confidence gives them courage. I think those experiences, those personal experiences can come from reading the Book of Mormon, from learning how to really pray and know you are really being heard, to having experiences hearing and following the promptings of the Spirit. When you do have an experience with Jesus, you know that you can do anything with Him by your side. One thing that really surprised me when we served was the difficulty some very good, very conscientious missionaries have when they feel their efforts are imperfect or less than the best. The struggle for perfectionism is real, and that really surprised us. Um, some missionaries worry excessively if they feel inadequate in achieving missionary goals. They may feel distressed when the demands of being a missionary show them weaknesses that they haven't encountered before, or when they do their very best at being obedient and people still don't listen. And I think sometimes this challenge with perfectionism comes through comparison. I would often say that the comparison is the thief of joy, and I would encourage young people who are preparing to serve missions to understand that the gifts and abilities that they have are unique to them, that they all come with different gifts, but none of them have all of the gifts. But again, if they've had an experience with the Savior, He can help them with their perfectionism. I love this story of the little lad who offered five loaves of barley bread and two fishes, which were really insufficient to feed 5,000 people. But in the Savior's hands, those loaves and fishes were magnified. We've been blessed to see missionaries magnified just as those loaves and fishes were, as they offer what they had and allowed the Savior to help and magnify them. And that is a lot easier if they have already had experiences walking with the Savior before they arrive in the mission field. My name is Jeremy Guthrie. My wife and I served as mission leaders in the Texas Houston South Mission from 2018 through 2021. And we had the pleasure of serving with nearly 600 full-time missionaries from all over the world during our time. And as my wife and I have reflected on what we learned and what we observed and how we would counsel any young man or young lady who is preparing to serve a mission, I think what for us has become the most impactful is the quote that is found in Preach My Gospel, chapter 1. And the quote reads, As your understanding of the Savior's sacrifice, also known as the atonement of Jesus Christ, grows, your desire to share the gospel will increase. This is a quote that we would use often with new missionaries as well as missionaries who had been serving for some time. And we would ponder on it, and I continue to ponder on the impact of that statement, of that truth, that as one's understanding, young or old, 
grows of the atonement of Jesus Christ that naturally our desire to share Jesus Christ, to live his gospel will increase. And ultimately, I think that's what each young man or young woman should be striving for is to have experiences that witness to them that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that they can feel and know that his atonement is real for them and that it is real for every individual that comes to this earth. And as we increase in that knowledge and we have a greater desire, we fulfill the direction found in Doctrine and Covenants that all that is really required to serve the Lord is a desire. And it's that desire that we should seek for. And it really comes through having experiences with the atonement of Jesus Christ. And so I would invite a young man or a young woman, no matter what age they are, or adults for that matter, to consider what can they do each day that would give them an experience with the atonement of Jesus Christ. Our thoughts may often go directly towards the sanctifying power of the atonement through repentance, which is one extremely important way to experience Jesus Christ and his atonement, but it's not the only way. You can pray for, for blessings and for help and strength to you know, accomplish a task in your life, to retain knowledge that is needed for a test, to find direction on what you might do in your life, whether it's professionally or, or otherwise. There's so many ways that one can experience the atonement, but it, for me, it's that witness of experiencing the atonement of Jesus Christ that becomes undeniable and really becomes the foundation for each of us in our lives to push forward, to endure to the end. And when we have a deeper understanding through more experience, um, it's more powerful. It's more likely that we'll continue forward in our journey. And it's more likely that a young missionary will both understand the voice of the Spirit as well as be willing to follow it and to be able to uh, go through hard times and recognize that it is the Savior through his infinite atonement that will help them get through it. And so the advice is simple. Find a way to learn of and to learn truly is to experience Jesus Christ and his power in your life. And I feel that as any young man or woman is able to do that, they will be the most prepared missionary they can possibly be. My name is Carlina Gonzalez, and I served with my husband, John, in the California Fresno Mission from 2008 to 2011. John participates in this podcast, and he roped me into offering my advice to you who are preparing to serve a mission. Since John is involved in editing the podcast episodes, I had the opportunity of listening to the advice just offered by those you have listened to. I find it interesting that there is a common thread in the advice they have given. Immerse yourself in the Book of Mormon. Read it, love it, learn from it, and make it the centerpiece of your message. Paraphrasing from my favorite verse in the Book of Mormon, 2 Nephi 25-26, the Book of Mormon talks of Christ, rejoices in Christ, preaches of Christ, and prophesies of Christ so that we may know to what source we may look for a remission of our sins. Read and study the life of Christ, and if you are at a loss of what to say, testify of Christ. I love the advice to let the five temple covenants guide your mission and your life, because these covenants help us focus on Christ and his doctrine. Experience the Savior and his redeeming love. One of the scriptures that has blessed me and blessed me in my mission, and I shared with many of the missionaries in our mission, uh, is from Doctrine and Covenants, section 84, verse 88. 
And whoso receiveth you, there I will be also, for I will go before your face. I will be on your right hand and on your left. And my spirit shall be in your hearts and mine angels round about you to bear you up. I testify and promise to you that he will be there to bear you up and give you strength to do what is being asked and required of you. And I am excited for your opportunities. Wow, what a, what a fun opportunity to, to just listen to several different perspectives. You know, all these mission leaders, they, they have the same calling, but they approach it in their own unique style, in their own unique way, just like every missionary. You know, we all come to the mission field with different talents and gifts, and, and there's many ways to do it. And I think that was evidenced by listening to these, these great mission leaders. And, and you'll have your own mission leader. Maybe you'll have two mission leaders. In fact, oftentimes that's the case. And you'll notice um, that you can learn a lot from both. Just last night I was releasing a missionary and uh, I asked him, so you had two mission leaders. One was from Honduras, one was from the United States. And I just asked him, what did you learn from your mission leaders? And from each one, he explained what he learned from each of his, his, his leaders. And both were very quite different, their style, the way they did things. But he had nothing but incredible things to say about what he learned from both. And, and we really believe that will be your experience. All mission leaders are called and set apart to, to be... A, a great blessing in your life. And if you'll, if you'll have the attitude of, of being a great follower and a great listener, I know that there'll be so much you can learn from these, these leaders. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast and that it helps you in your study of Preach My Gospel and preparing you for your mission. Please join us for our next episode. And if you feel this podcast might be helpful to others preparing to serve a mission, please invite them to join us on our journey through and discovery of Preach My Gospel. For more information on how to get Institute credit for this podcast and other offerings by the Utah Valley Institute of Religion, please visit utahvalleyinstitute.com. You may also find us on Instagram at Preach My Gospel Podcast. Feel free to send questions or comments to preachmygospelpodcast at gmail.com. The Preach My Gospel Mission Prep podcast is produced with the permission of the Utah Valley Institute of Religion. The hosts are expressing their personal views based on their own experiences, applying the principles of Preach My Gospel, and accept full responsibility for the content in these podcast episodes.